Sticks and hits and goals and saves and slap shots and goons. We've got the commentary to what if you commute. But we also cover movies, TV shows, hits and tunes. It's your weekly bowl of hoggy and nonsense. Hey gang, uh, it's Ryan Lambert from Elite Prospects. Hey, Sean McAdoo from The Athletic. We're back. Uh, I am not on vacation anymore, so, uh, you know, we can do a show. That's how this works. Um, sorry I'm not 11 years old, I know everybody liked that, but... Um, that was fun. Yeah, I, you There's know. a lot of people who want you to host with the 11-year-old. Yeah, I'm not trying to end up on any lists, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, Might be the best idea. Yeah, but yeah, so um, it, for those who don't know, Sean did the uh, the the mailbag last week with his young son, who yep. uh, was very funny. Rave reviews. Too, too good, actually. He got a bit of an ego out of it, so. Yeah, and plus, it, you know, it's like, damn... Is an eleven-year-old better at this than any anybody who's ever been on this show before? Yeah. I don't like that. No, it's it's not great, but it's it's also it it feels realistic to me. So <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It, it's uh, it's just one of those things where like I I don't know if it's the novelty because anytime we have any guest uh, host on the show. It's like, whoa, that person's so fun. Or if, yeah, like I said, if an 11-year-old just actually is that much better. I mean, that, that would There's be, no way to know. That would be very on brand for 11-year-olds, that they're fun for 20 minutes. <laughs> and then after that, you start hitting some diminishing returns pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, hey, speaking of diminishing returns, uh, they, they did the All-Star game. And sure. Um, I would say, honestly, diminishing returns on um, the over the course of the skills competition. The games themselves, you know, uh, they're three on three. They're pretty good. But the skills competition is what we all sign up for, you know. And what do you let me ask you this? What do you think is the definitive skills competition competition? To me, it's always, as far as the ones that have been around for a while, it's it's hardest shot, and then the accuracy shooting, which was always yeah. a favorite. So accuracy shooting went last, yeah. and I would have said, that sounds right to me. I guess, like, I'd never thought about it in that way before, of, like, what's, like, the absolute best and most exciting one? And I, I do think it's accuracy shooting. And then Sebastian Ajo goes out and goes four for four. That rock, that was so cool. Um, but yeah, I you know uh, hard. I would. I guess I would have said hardest shot when Chara was still doing it. But now yeah. that Chara's the, not doing the, it, the problem who cares? with hardest shot is like it's it, it's it's a great concept, but to actually watch it, you just watch the guy take a shot. And then you go, yeah, that looked that looked like a hard shot. And then a number comes up, and you go, sure, <laughs> yeah, okay, one hundred and two point nine, perfect. Yeah. That that rock. Whereas when you're watching, you know, the accuracy, you know, I we know what four for four looks like. We know what that's uh, right. You know, you, you get the 
and and you know it's the fact that they would like nudge up the the uh the radar gun by like half a mile an hour every single year uh so that there'd be a new record uh, you know that was i guess part of it but no like i can't this, tell this is the guy hit it 130 miles an hour that's yeah. crazy yeah but uh <laughs> and then i mean the fastest skater is fun too but it's, oh, uh, people take that shit too fucking seriously. Remember when uh, Larkin did it yeah. and people were like, "This is this is the fakest fastest." <laughs> yeah, it's all he, fake because he got a head start. Like they, well, sure, know, I understand Redway that. Fans are like, "Yeah, he he broke Gartner's record." And it's, He's the fastest person because, yeah. like, um, uh, Peter Baugh from the Athletic had a had a thing where he talked to Paul Coffey about uh, Kale McCarr. And uh, there's a quote from Paul Coffey going, he's the fastest skater alive. And all these people are in the replies to the story going, oh, did you see Jordan Cairo this week? Because I think he's the fastest skater. Oh, who, who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, it's... First uh, of all, you're you're getting mad at Paul Coffey for the quote. You're not mad at anybody. Well, what would Paul Coffey know about skating fast? Yeah. Really? That Gus in the comments section... <laughs> I don't know if you saw it, Paul Coffey, but Jordan Kyrie's way faster. Okay. Yeah. Like eight-tenths of a second faster or whatever it was. Because that's the other thing, is you're watching The Fastest Skater and you're like, 15 seconds all the way around the ice, this guy sucks! Yeah. It's gotta be under 15. Yeah. What are you doing? Or like every time what? they come around the second corner, I'm like, oh, this is not good. He's he's way behind. He's finished. Oh, wait, no, first place. Yeah. Here. Yeah, so, well, that that's like the Olympics every every four years where you're like, this is the worst uh, big air ski jump I've ever seen in my yeah. life, and it's like that was actually a ten out of ten. The, the judges fucking loved it. Yeah, and you're like, oh, sure, oh, okay. all right. What? But no, I mean the to me those are the classics, but it's the the whatever they call it, the dress up competition is the one now that. For better or yeah. worse, that's the signature. Of, I mean, that's yeah. what all the highlights were, right? That's what we're all going to remember. Well, that Trevor Zegers thing was, I, you was know, good. the whole thing of like, oh, could he Could he really see? I don't care. Yes, of course he could. It's like, Great. Because Here, here's the thing. First of all, we're professional wrestling fans. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't think uh, Alistair Black can, can really, uh, Malachi Black, sorry, uh, can really, like, disappear and reappear in the ring when the lights go out. Yeah. And yet, does that gimmick work? Does the House of Black gimmick work for me? It sure does. I, I do find it weird that, like, people, I did see people who were, like, I wouldn't say upset, but questioning, like, could he see through the blindfold? But nobody was like, I don't think Jack Hughes really made a child appear. That's right. They're, they kind of accepted that that was, was the deal. So you had, you had, like, those two guys were good. Yeah. The, the Zegers, it was a little, like, it was kind of screwed up in a way because the mascots didn't get out in time. Like, somebody missed a cue somewhere, but it still worked. Like, they got that one image of him going in, and, and I still don't, I'm still not sure whether he did anything to his stick to get the puck to do that because that was like i mean i've seen guys do that before that's not like a new move or anything it still looks so fucking cool yeah. though like to me that's more interesting than the, the blindfold or, or the whatever the reference 100 percent, yeah to the 15 year old movie or whatever it is but 
uh, you had that. You had Jack Hughes. You had Kaprizov, who just kind of like classic, uh, classic low card. Uh, you know, you got to open it up. Something you know, nice and audience friendly to get the. Uh, yeah, well, it, it, the, he was playing on his off hand. That was the gimmick because I was like, yeah. oh, he like looked really shaky doing that, and then I realized, oh, right, like yeah. he he's a lefty and Which, and Ovechkin's a righty. Okay, that is cool then. Great, sure, sure. But uh, and then and then classic NHL, right? Like you have Zegers comes along, people go, that's pretty cool. Uh, Hughes does his thing. People go, that's cool. And then Petrangelo comes out and does, I don't even really remember what he did other than he pointed. There was the, he had the then, drum line and, and like yeah. his Jersey was supposed to light up, but it didn't. Yeah. So, and then he wins um, and people get mad about it. So even when the NHL does something kind of right, the fans are still annoyed because well, John Ham gave too many points. Yeah. And like that was like he had said he had told Emily Kaplan before the game like oh I'm gonna cheat so that Alex Petrangelo who is my friend wins which is funny like that's good yep. great mm-hmm. um, but like let me put it this way it, uh, if I had been one of the sick freaks who like actually bet on who was gonna win that I would because you know you put your money on Zegris maybe Hughes. And then you're like, oh, Alex Petrangelo won it because they took the the they accepted the 19 score from John Hamm. I'd be like calling Gary Bettman, going, yep. "You owe me seventy dollars." And, and he would be absolutely right to hang up on you. Yeah, uh, and and redirect your call to some sort of hotline because yeah, you, because you have a gambling problem. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, other than that, like the, the like I said, I thought the the games themselves were quite fun. Except that there's like fucking goal reviews for offside in the game. Like fuck God. off. Yeah. Fuck off. It's we gotta. It's the All Star game. We gotta show off the most important and most exciting parts of the NHL, and that's <laughs> offside reviews. Yeah. That's super fun. That was so. Uh, I was. It happened like more than once. I Twice. was fucking yeah, dying. There were two offside reviews. It and, and I guess we should point out. They come from the league, I think. So it it, it wasn't because at first I was like, "Did Rod Brindamore call for an offside review?" But no, it was. <laughs> See, that would be funnier because at least he's going like, "Look, I'm playing for you know a share of a million dollars." Like, not that Rod Brindamore needs that extra fifty grand or whatever, yeah. but like he's going, "Hey, I could buy an extra, I could buy an extra fucking pool in my backyard or whatever." Okay, That'd it, be it nice. It would be like another workout machine. Or It'd be like another well, a pool's a work. You can tractor work out pool. tire that he could flip in his backyard for fun. That's right. Um, but yeah, the the fact that the league's like we must uphold the integrity of the three on three all star game. Okay, yeah. sure. Um, but I would say maybe not the most embarrassing thing the league did on the weekend because. Gary Bettman went out and defended the Arizona Coyote. Like, I, you know, I get it. What are you going to do? Yeah. Just saying, it's actually great. The the whole the whole thing with the uh, the Coyotes uh, having an arena with thirteen hundred people in it that is cool and good. Hmm. Mm, okay. That's yeah. an. You know what? Like, I thought they'd massage it a little bit, but Gary going. 
you know, we actually do have some modeling that shows they'll they'll make even more money, and it's like our tickets going to be eight thousand dollars a pop. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, it it just makes you wonder, like how little much, how little money they're making now. Yeah. So yeah, just if if you missed it on Friday, Gary Bettman, uh, Coyotes playing in front of two thousand people, fine. Uh, Rocky Wirtz absolutely showing his ass to the world. We'll uh, barely touch on that. Yeah, uh, not, not shortly. A problem. Uh, but Canadian COVID protocol. Oh, that got him going a little bit. He was. <laughs> oh, he got heated. Yeah. So I mean, it's not. If you were worried that he, you know, maybe the issue was he was just. You know, having a low key day. No, no. It's we did find something that uh, that he found interesting, but uh, the rest of it, no, all good. No, yeah, nothing to see here. No questions to ask. Yeah, I, I really, I guess we can talk about the COVID thing in a second. But like that, this Coyotes Arena situation is humiliating for the league, and like to even pretend it might not be. I think is further humiliating. <laughs> like, like, uh, yeah, th- this actually could work out great for the Coyotes to not have an arena for three years and have to play in a college rink that holds, you know, like I said, like 3,200 people or whatever they're saying the actual number is going to be once you, they do all the arena upgrades. Um, that's psychotic. Like, just give up. Just quit. I know people are like in Arizona are going to be mad where it's like it's a failed market or whatever. But like people in Atlanta got mad when you would say that's a failed market, and it's a failed market. Yeah, and that's and you know that's not a knock on the fans that the Coyotes do have. It's it's just there's not enough of them. And yeah, because Gary said the thing of like, oh, ask Austin Matthews if it's a failed market, and it's like I fucking will. Hey Austin, do you how do you feel about all this escrow because of this failed market? Yeah. And he goes, "Oh, it sucks actually, I bet." So, I yeah, I I I don't know. This this it it seems pretty clear that what has happened here is that they the NHL and the Coyotes felt like the arena was bluffing on the whole we're going to kick you out at the end of the year thing. And not let you, right? You know, chill out here for a few more years because we don't trust you to pay your bills. And sometimes you call someone else's bluff, and they flip over the cards, and they're not bluffing. And I, I you know, we're not at that point yet necessarily because there's still time for this to play out. But right now, it looks like the NHL kind of got caught, and now they're scrambling for playing. Now they're the ones who are bluffing. We actually love playing in a high school yeah. rink. It's going to be cool. I don't think they're bluffing about what they're going to have to do, but they're no, definitely sure. lying when they try to spin it positively, because this is right. is obviously a, a a disaster. But, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> okay, and then, so, um, the, the thing that you... What was the other thing? Not It's... Is it the co- it's the COVID thing? Yeah, the COVID thing um, is I like I get why Canadian teams are mad about the COVID thing. Of course, mm-hmm. again, like you know, you're playing to a to a not full building, you're losing out on millions of dollars every night. If you're the Leafs or yeah. I don't want to say the Senators, you're losing out on 
tens of dollars every yeah. night if you're the Ottawa Senators. But you're losing if you're Montreal, if you're if you're Toronto, obviously you're losing out on huge amounts of money from from the house. Um, and a lot of that goes into revenue sharing. So it's yeah, the whole league is you know this is a this is a league that we know still drives a huge percentage of its revenue from game day sales, uh, unlike other leagues. Uh, and when, and a lot of that disproportionately comes from certain markets and a lot of those are in Canada. So this is costing the league a lot of money. And, you know, we've, we found out that, uh, things are moving slowly back to normal in Quebec. At least you figure Ontario will probably be the same, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an issue. Sure. And, uh, you could argue over whether it's necessary or, or whether, the right rules are in place in different places, but this, this now, is I've what it is. I've heard some really interesting takes about this for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I don't know. You own a truck, Ryan. <laughs> Come on up and uh, yeah. we can, we can Stop do something. Stop in. So, yeah. so But that's the one thing that seemed to get Gary Benton's attention. Everything yeah, so threatening to move the draft out of, uh, it was actually very funny because somebody asked about like, hey, what do you think about the COVID protocols? And Bill Daly's like, oh, we might go virtual again. And Gary's like, let me stop you right there, Bill. <laughs> We're actually just going to move it. Yep. And, uh, and also suggested that they could, Canadian teams might play games in the U.S., might have their, their games moved to the U.S., which... Everybody kind of went, what? And then I think there was a report that maybe it was the senators who had explored that, that, that you yeah. Melnick may have, or, or somebody in the organization may have looked into the possibility, but it didn't go anywhere. So I don't know, that, that feels like a pretty empty threat, but uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, what, what, are, what are they going to do? Play them in freaking Glendale? Like, I, I don't, like, that doesn't make sense to me just in terms of, well, what what arena are they going to play in? Yeah, and how you many know? tickets are you going to sell? Like I, right? You know that there's not. Uh, you know the the reason that the Leafs make a huge amount of money is because of not just how many tickets they sell, but how expensive they are. You're not going to be able to do that in. You know, I, I guess maybe Kansas City, Buffalo whatever, or something, and try to yeah. pull it off there. But yeah, it's so. Well, and that's the other thing is is how do you you know all these arena dates I would think are pretty booked, even for an arena that does, like if you're just like, look, we need we need to get down to Kansas City tomorrow. Oh, well, doesn't doesn't seem like you're going to be able to do that, right? Yeah, so I wouldn't think. Um. Yeah. So it's uh, it was a, it was a fun weekend. Let's say, like all the news. Overall, like we, you know, we just complained about the Coyotes thing or whatever. But I thought I thought it was a fun All Star weekend. Oh, we didn't talk about the the Fountain thing. Fountain thing was fine. Whatever. Not as exciting as I wanted it to be. Was it um, weird to you that they pre taped it the day before and didn't tell anyone? Or ye- are you? Well, I mean, if let's put it this way, if they hadn't said. Or it hadn't come out after the fact we pre-taped that. I would have been like, "Oh boy, they hustled those guys over to the to the fountain pretty quick." That's nice though. Good for them. Yeah. That's. But, but then the fact that it like it was dark for the first one, 
Right, and, and the card like, count that kind of yeah. gave gave that away. And but also, you know, it, you talk about the sickos who gambled on the breakaway contest. Apparently, people were gambling on this event after it had taken place. <laughs> right. Uh, yes. And, and I guess some like fans had. You know, there's obviously people in Vegas. They'd seen that this was going on, but they assumed it was a, a rehearsal. But no, they had actually pre-taped it. So, um, all right. That's yeah, obviously the fountain thing. I, I, you know, you had maybe you could say you had to pre-tape it just because of the logistics of getting them out of the building and blah blah blah. But like, why did they do the freaking blackjack one outside, outside and the day before or Be- whatever? Because apparently it took forever. Uh, apparently, part of it is they cut out a lot of standing around, and you know, it, it's 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 kind of always how it goes with these things. Like nobody ever seems to know the rules. Uh, the players are just kind of looking around, like what. When do I go? What do I do? Uh, apparently, they even cut out some of the shots from that because it was going too long when it got to the end. So, the, oh, because they were too good at it. Like, well, like they were... I, yeah, I guess in, when it came down to the with Pavelski and, and who was the other last guy, where they just I don't know, doesn't they, matter. They were hitting their shots, and so uh, rather than stick with that and let that drama build, they just cut right to the to the end. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. It's something new. You probably say, like, ha, maybe we don't do this live and run the risk of having it blow up on, on live TV. How was the coverage yeah. down in the States? I heard some people say that, like, it was not treated as a big deal on, on ESPN or, or anything. Is um, I mean, I watched it on ESPN. I don't know. Like, I, I, I are you asking with regard to once the thing started or well, how it was both but you know how it, was it hyped at all I, I don't know oh i don't i don't you don't strike me as a watches espn eight hours a day guy no 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 this was the first time i watched espn live like without using just the app you know uh in quite a while obviously i use it to watch hockey games most nights but uh i i hadn't I hadn't, uh, like, just turned on ESPN on cable in forever, so I have no idea what they did or didn't do to hype it. Yeah. Okay. Well. Good, <laughs> Sorry. Good lead part. I, I wish I had a better At least they didn't have, like, Tortorella it. come on after every event and be like, this sucks. In my day, <laughs> That's the breakaway right. competition was just a slap shot. You dumped it into the corner and you went off for a line change. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a good one. Yeah, uh, the, the same night as the skills competition, a guy in college scored another uh, Michigan goal too. I'm telling you, uh, man, it's it's coming. The, it's just a thing. Gonna be able it to was. This soon. Let's put it this way: it was this guy's second career Michigan goal in, in college. So, shout out to Wilmer Skoog of Boston University. That's that guy loves doing. That's his name, Wilmer Skoog. Right, well, then, I'm not calling it the Swedish Michigan anymore. Guy. It's the Skoog now. Like, that That's is right. such a better name than... Yeah, and Skoog, I believe in Swedish, means like woods or forest or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. So. All right. Wilmer Forest. Cool name. Um, Hey, what, we, we got to do an ad right now, so let's do that. You know, it's hard to think about spring right now, especially in Ottawa, but we are close to fill in that soft grass under our feet. But first, we need to get our lawn back. Thankfully, Sunday gets your lawn growing and helps to keep it healthy 
all season long. Sunday can help you grow a beautiful lawn without the guesswork or the nasty chemicals. Their custom plan includes fertilizer and everything you need to easily care for your lawn. And with ingredients like seaweed, iron, and molasses, you can feel good with kids and pets being around. All you have to do is visit GetSunday.com. Put in your address, and their lawn analysis tool does the rest. They use soil and climate data to create a personal nutrient plan delivered to your door when you need it. Then you just attach the ready-to-use pouch to a garden hose and spray. It takes less than 15 minutes, and best of all, this stuff really works. And Sunday is offering Puck Soup listeners 20% off. Full season plans start at just $119, and you can get 20% off when you visit GetSunday.com slash Puck20 at checkout. That's 20% off your custom plan at GetSunday.com slash Puck20. Uh, the other, you mentioned it earlier, the, the Rocky Wirtz thing. Uh, we'll, we'll use that as the kickoff to our little Chicago section. It feels like it's kind of old news now. No, it was um, a week I ago think- and... Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to be surprised uh, that we think uh, that sucked and he sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about where I think most people, including like people who like uh, owners and that kind of thing, uh, I think that's where most people landed was, oh, that he shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Um, Gary Bettman, I'm not excusing it, but he's actually nice and... Uh, and he 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 was just so, he had a heated owning moment or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, his his Bettman's spin on it was that he was just frustrated because he, he cares, cares so he much. Cares so much. He, That's yeah, the he problem. Does. He he's so passionate about fixing this issue that it, it, his passion caused him to say the exact opposite of that uh, loudly while shouting over his own son. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. I, I gotta say, I was shocked to learn that Rocky Wirtz is like an elderly man. I don't know why. Like, he's he's 70 or whatever. Yeah. And I was just like, when he came in, they were like, oh, here's the like young, exciting guy. Right. Because he took, he well, compared like, to Bill Wirtz, he was. He was. Well, sure. But he had yeah, crazy I, progressive ideas like putting games on television. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like, I. It was very funny to me. I don't think I'd ever, like, seen video of him. And so, for him to be... Uh, well, you have now. Good, yeah. Good sure. job by him. That's he true. Definitely got his name out there. So. Yep. Um, and, it, and it's also just a weird thing to be like, oh, yeah, here's, like, a 70-year-old man whose name is Rocky. What? <laughs> yeah, there is that. Is he named after the freak? Because he can't be named after the, the movie, so is he named after, like, the squirrel or something? Let's go with that. Yeah. That's, okay, yeah, great. That's the only other um, option. Not a good PR week for, for Chicago in general, though, uh, between that and the fact that they're, like, tweeting out, like, we interviewed Peter Chiarelli. Do you guys like that? Everybody's yeah. like, no, we don't. We don't like that well, at all. I'll, I'll say this. I actually like that they are announcing who they interviewed because this, like, and it's that time of year. In the NFL, this is standard. In the NFL, yeah. they tell you who they are interviewing for the positions. Whereas in the they, NHL, now do they tell you whether uh, this is just to you know fulfill the Rooney Rule or whatever? Yes, they that do. That's it's thing. implied. Yeah, there's yeah. a little winky uh, icon that goes with it. And yeah, it's 
but you know, in the NFL, they'll say we interviewed so and so. So and so is coming in for a second interview, and it's it, whereas in the NHL, it's usually done behind the scenes, and then it gets leaked the to the insiders, and they tell out, you yeah. that you know I've heard that I, you know, it's always weird because it's like this guy got an interview, this guy did. I'm hearing also maybe this guy, and it's like yeah, okay, so the first two people told you, and then the third guy isn't responding to texts and. Right. Maybe there's a fourth guy who's like, oh, look, I didn't get interviewed, but if you said that I maybe did, that would help me. And But, uh, yeah, I, I like that they're telling us who they interview. I hope that catches on. Um, and, yeah. yes, it also probably lets them do a little bit of um, audience. Uh, that that was know, my focus group. Yeah, that was definitely my, um, my impression of it, be, just because, like – you know, as we're kind of saying, this is not standard in the NHL to do this. So for somebody to start doing it, what's the reason to do that? And the reason is, do you guys like if we interview Eric Tulski? And they're all like, yeah, we love it. We That's cool. And they're like, okay, what about Peter Shirelli? Boo, that yep. sucks. Get out of here. Yep. It's um, just, you know, turning the dial and looking at the audience for the yeah, reaction. Absolutely. That's, that's it. But But again, it gave us, first of all, it's it's more transparency on the process, which is good. And far yeah. more importantly, it gave us the we just interviewed Peter Shirelli tweet that you could then spend the day reading the replies to, which was That's hilarious. Right. Yeah, was fantastic. especially because during the uh, breakaway challenge or whatever, they just tweeted out like, ha, 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 because yeah. the, the hangover thing was so funny, I guess. It was just Remember so that movie? funny. Yeah. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Um so they 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 tweeted that out, and then I saw a, a, one or two people just like screenshot from yep. one, screenshot from the other. You know, like we interviewed Peter Giarelli. Ha 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 ha. Yep. Ha, ha. Yeah. Perfect. Um, you know the the Giarelli thing is is funny, but not for that. Like, obviously, it would be hilarious if they were like, okay, what, what are we gonna do to get out of this? That's right, we're gonna interview Peter Giarelli. Um. But also, like, it's funny just because it seems like, based on what people have reported, like, people around the league, or maybe even, like, at, at league offices or whatever, was like, we like Peter Chiarelli and we think you should interview him, yeah. so they interviewed him. Which I, Which is I like, do not understand. It's happened in the past where, like, I think maybe, was it Arizona or, if, like, one of the franchises in a smaller market, I can understand the NHL maybe saying, like, you know, nudging... Uh, a veteran executive in it, but well, like look, Chicago I mean, doesn't need Chicago's going to hire whoever they want and they don't yeah. need your help. But if you're Arizona, you should, maybe you do want to listen to a former owner on this kind of thing, you know, yeah. swish. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's definitely, uh, whatever. Like, obviously it would be very, very funny if they hired Peter Chiarelli, but they probably won't. Um, and maybe they do hire this guy from the Cubs. That was the other interesting thing. Yeah, they they hire they they spoke to somebody who was what is he assistant GM of the Chicago Cubs? Yeah, I, which is a baseball team, uh, and has what? no hockey experience, but has presumably a a very very good head for building pro sports teams and you know all of that and how much well yeah i mean look how good the cubs are yeah exactly and, and like there's been talk look about like 
you know, would, would a team ever bring in a guy like Theo Epstein or, you know, somebody like that? And it's, that's interesting to me. How much of the skills involved in building an organization, uh, are transferable across sports versus how many of them are sports specific. And we don't really yeah, know the gotta, answer to that. That, that really feels like you gotta, um, I don't know, build up your analytics department or, or whatever. Um, yeah. and just be like, you, these guys know what the fuck they're talking about hockey wise. You can do all the other stuff, but you absolutely have to listen to everybody else because like, how, how do you, again, like justify, oh, we'll let this baseball guy figure it out. And he comes in and he's like, now I've heard a lot about how good Duncan Keith is. Should I get him back? <laughs> yeah. Wait a second. Yeah. We don't want that. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, it absolutely could. And, uh, I mean, they're interviewing for the GM job. That doesn't mean yeah. that everyone they talk to, in theory, you know, certainly if somebody comes from another sport, you could bring them in in some other role. Uh, you know, it's it, I see both sides, right? Like on the one hand, you're sitting there going, there's, you know, hundreds of people in hockey front offices around the world who want these jobs and aspire to get them. And you're going to bring in somebody with no direct hockey experience. That seems crazy. On the other hand, I mean, you want, don't you want the smartest people? Don't you want... The people who, you know, really um, have the best head for, for, you know, how do you build an organization? How do you build out a scouting department, an analytics department? How do you make decisions and in, uh, in terms of short-term, long-term? If there's people from other leagues that are really, really good at that, bring them in and then they can learn the, uh, you know, they can fill in the gaps, the rest of it with some hockey people around them. I don't know if that would work or not, but I'd, I'd kind of be interested to see. Like, the only example we've really ever had that I can think of is, is kind of Ralph Kruger where he, and he went from hockey to soccer and then back to hockey. So that wasn't really, um, and it worked out great. Everybody yeah, who's ever hired fantastic. Ralph Kruger has been really happy with the results. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it, it went fantastic. But uh, I mean, the results when he went over to soccer were, I think, okay. Where didn't, didn't he have success? I don't know. Yeah, but, he, he. Yes, yeah. He, he is a successful soccer guy. Maybe not so much. But, hockey guy. but that's kind of you know going the other way. So I, like, part of me hopes that they hire the Cubs guy because um, if if nothing else, it'll be very interesting. Yeah, um, let's just see how it goes. And also, like, I don't know that you need a ton of hockey experience if you're like. Let's put it this way: I can I don't imagine that you can convince a hockey guy you should trade Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. Maybe you can convince a baseball guy uh, yeah. where they did it to the Cubs uh, team that, you know, like you can picture that, won right? a World Series. You can picture this guy coming in being like, all right, show me the model of aging curves. All right. Ooh, okay. And these guys are how old? Yeah, well, we should move Bye-bye. them for assets. And then somebody comes in and goes, yeah, but in the law, I mean, Jonathan Taves in the locker room, he's such an important part of the culture and everything. And you can and the baseball kind of, guy's like, yeah, I don't give a shit about yeah. that. <laughs> so what the hell are you talking about, man? Like, you don't, uh, yeah, of course we're going to move this guy for the stuff to set us up for the future. Or not. I mean, it's not like that kind of mumbo jumbo doesn't exist in the baseball world. Uh, it, it certainly does. But uh, I'd, I'd love well, to see I would, it. I, It'd be interesting. I, now, I saw a movie about this where one guy was talking about, like, oh, is the guy, uh, doesn't, is this one baseball Doesn't man, ring any bells. Girlfriend doesn't. attractive or whatever. Yeah. 
I think um, I did see that. That that team won the World Series in the end, right? That was... I, I think several World yeah. Series. That's I don't know, but the, the version of the movie I saw cut off right before that part, but I'm, I'm uh, guessing yeah, that was like a, sure. uh, like a film error or something. Sure. Yeah, so I don't know. It, it's, it's, de- <laughs> it's definitely one of those things where anybody they hire is going to be interesting, I hope. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I because I am friends with him, it would be nice if Eric Tulski got hired. But also, uh, it, it'll be fun. I, I mean, part of me hopes Tulski gets it just so that like the first time he does something weird, everybody online has to awkwardly be like, oh, OK. Oh, it's actually uh, good. It's this, good this is a, did the thing I don't like at, yeah. or wouldn't oh. normally like. I actually like it this time. I hope like I, I, I that's my ideal situation is. If it's not the Cubs guy, bring in Tolski and on day one, like he trades a first round pick for Eric Goodbranson or something. Like, <laughs> just yeah, it's like tears off the not- mask and you know it <laughs> reveals the two hundred hockey men T shirt underneath. That just, that eight years of hockey blogging I did was all bullshit. <laughs> Playing the long game, it was me. It was me all along. Did I ever tell you I was at that Monday Night Raw? I probably did. Oh, the, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, I think you the, did. Yeah, the, that uh, was in Boston. The higher power, wasn't it? Yes. God. Yeah, it was. I just remember I was in high school, and it was like two weeks after school ended. So it's like seared into my brain of like, uh, wow, we're really kicking off the summer, right? I'm getting the big reveal of who the higher power is, and then it was Vince McMahon. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah. That was cool. There can't be anyway. there can't be a lot of podcasts that are doing Eric Tolsky, Vince McMahon comparisons. Like I feel like that's, and I feel like if there are, there probably aren't any good ones. Yeah, this one included. That's true. Um, speaking of hiring GMs, uh, a team actually did it this week. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks hired Pat Verbeek, which is yep. surprising because he wasn't on the Ducks ever. Yeah, it's great. But he then immediately hired Scott Niedermeyer. Who famously was on the Ducks. So, yeah. You've got got Scott Niedermeyer in Anaheim. You've got the Sedins in Vancouver. You've got Marion Hossa and Patrick Sharp helping in Chicago, even though they've moved past 2010. Um, yeah, that's that's right. Yeah. Uh, hey, we're, we're trying to distance ourselves from this. Who can we get that famously wasn't around in 2010? Yeah. Can't think of anyone. Well, I mean, I guess they weren't going to bring in Eric Daze or whatever, right? So sure. anyway. Yeah. Uh, Pat Verbeek, um, I, I wrote about this this week. This is an interesting hire to me insofar as the timing of it means – Pretty much right away, the first thing he has to do is trade two guys who have been on, at least two guys who have been on the Ducks forever. Potentially, yeah. Because you got, um, it's Raquel, it's Manson, and it's Lindholm, all pending UFAs. All will, I think, want substantial raises, and probably Lindholm's going to want, like, big money. Um. I don't know how if you're the Ducks you can justify signing more than one. You can you can talk me into we couldn't possibly lose Hampus Lindholm. Uh, I don't think you could do it with uh, Raquel and, and Manson. Yeah. And and even potentially, I mean, you could move Ryan Getzlaff too would be yes, another one that right. would be. But it kind of comes, I mean, it's a tough situation because 
Well, well uh, I, I, I kind in of, the playoff hunt. And yeah, but like it, this is a classic thing of are they though? They're in the playoff hunt. They're not in the Stanley Cup hunt. We don't think. Although, yeah, they've got John Gibson, and who knows? I mean, we as yeah, we I think saw last year. Uh, I think weird their stuff playoff happens. odds are are mostly in like the thirties and forties, according to most of the like prediction prediction yeah. models. They they basically have to beat out the Kings and the Oilers. I think is is. Where and they're the at for the last spot. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm counting the Flames as probably. Well, the Flames, being I guess, are are only really behind them because they played like eight fewer games. Like Something they like played that, yeah. very low number of games compared to everybody else, um, and that's why they're technically quote unquote eighth in the standings. But if you go by points percentage, they're yeah. But it is it's 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 division. a tough decision for Verbeek, and that's interesting because a lot of times. You know, we see GMs get hired and they always come in and go, well, you know, I want to get the lay of the land. I want to take a few months and do absolutely nothing and nobody should expect anything from me. Um, and uh, it, he he doesn't have that option because even if he chooses right. to do nothing, that's a hugely consequential choice. So um, it's, uh, you know, it's not, for example, you know, Kent Hughes coming into Montreal and just say, oh, going like, oh check back in a few months and maybe I'll start digging my way out of this. Like the ducks got to make some interesting decisions right away. Yeah. And, and like I said, I, I think I think with gets it's an easy sell of like, look, he's not going to win. You are, even if you're like the ducks could very conceivably make the playoffs, even if you're one of those fans, I don't think anybody's like, and of course, therefore go on to win the Stanley cup because anything could happen. Right. Like, and so if you're talking about trading Getzlaff or he's open to it or whatever, you're basically saying we're going to send him to a team that has a pretty good chance of winning a Stanley Cup. We're going to we're going to send him to the Avalanche or Vegas and be a fourth line guy, whatever Florida might be in the might want to be in the Getzlaff business as like, you know, bottom six center insurance. Um that that's very that's a that's a very easy sell. I think losing all three of Lindholm, Manson, and Raquel would be a harder sell, just because you probably do want to at least pretend you can make the playoffs. But if you're Verbeek, how do you how do you hang on to all three of those guys? You have to trade minimum one of them, and more realistically, two of them. And, and I mean, if. You, if anybody was going to be able to come in and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to strip this down a little bit. Like a new GM, in theory, would maybe have an easier time of that than some GM who's been on the job for three years and might be sitting there going, well, I can't afford to miss the playoffs. This is my team. This is somebody else's team. So well, he can- it's also a weird situation insofar as the timing, right? Because like Bob Murray did not get fired because. Uh, he was doing a bad job as far mm-hmm. as the Ducks were concerned. Mm-hmm. And now Verbeek is coming in when it's like, we're like a year away from being competitive. We're not realistically all that competitive this year. Um, you know, they, they've had some ups and downs this season. They have a positive goal difference, which is a yeah. little surprising to me. Um But they but have like not been a, amazing the last No, it's it's smoke since. and mirrors for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I just look at it and I go, well, this is like a good opportunity for 
uh, Verbeek to maybe make some hockey trades, perhaps, instead of just, like, pure, um, you know, we'll get Ricard Raquel out of here for a first-round pick or whatever. Not that that would be a bad thing for them. But th- this is maybe an opportunity to make a more, like, we'll trade him for a 24-year-old who can help us in the middle of the lineup next year or whatever. Um, but, yeah, just like I said, like, interesting timing. I'm very curious. I'm now, like, they are maybe the most interesting team to me at the deadline. Because, like, yeah, Montreal mm-hmm. obviously has to trade everybody that isn't nailed down. But, but Montreal, you know, the other thing, Montreal doesn't, if... If your phone rings and it's Montreal and they go, anyone on the roster, man, like, are you looking at that getting excited about anything? Oh, I mean, they're obviously not moving like a Nick Suzuki or someone like that, but yeah. versus Anaheim where it's like, oh, okay, if they decide to really sell, they've got legitimately good players. That- That's right, yeah. Right, right, yeah. You're not like, oh, by the way, uh, this is the team that uh, lost seven one to New Jersey last God. night. Yeah, P- take take your pick, and you're like, I don't think I want to. Yeah, rather not pass. <laughs> yeah, um, the, like I just I'm looking at the standings right now, and uh, Montreal almost a third of their points have come from overtime losses. That's bad. Oof. Minus seventy nine goal difference. In 45 games. Oh, They're, they're legitimately going to be in the running for the worst non-expansion team ever. And they thought they'd be good this year. Oh, boy. It's wild. And if, and if that's not wild. an indictment of the 200 hockey men, right? Yeah. Because it was funny. Because, like, wasn't there an article on The Athletic last week? Like, we talked to everybody we talked to before the season – about how good Chicago was going to be. And it turns out they sucked, uh, and everybody was shocked by that. And it's like, really? It's wild. Nobody saw I, this coming, except. But, like, they, people, like, they talk, Lazarus and Powers talked to, cons- presumably, like, dozens of hockey men who were like, you know, like, I think everybody was mostly going, I think they'll be vaguely playoff competitive, maybe. If things go right with Flurry, hmm. they, they can be vaguely playoff competitive but like all these guys were like i'm shocked they're this bad how uh, how they stink they were always gonna stink i don't anyway yeah um we do have some sad news this week uh and that's it seems like tuka rask gonna retire yes um he wasn't good in his comeback to say he had a a couple of good games first game was good a few real stinkers yeah um, and but and it's it's just seems how like he aggravated an injury. And... Yeah, just wasn't feeling as good as it. I, I, apparently, the first game he felt great afterwards, and then after that, it just wasn't wasn't feeling right. So it sucks, it, man. Like, it does I, suck. It's a it's a lousy way to go out. Um, it's a uh, and it, it's for him. It sucks in so far. In addition, because. Like, if he had just retired over the summer, you would have been like, oh, that's kind of a bummer way for a goalie that good for that long to go out. So, like, the the time, much like Verbeek, I guess, there was no good timing for, no. for this. No, but at the same time, at least, you know, like, he knows now. Yep. You know, he won't be sitting around years later going, ah, could I could I have come back? Could I have kept doing it? He knows. He gave it a shot. His body gave him the answer, and, and he listened, and... So it's, you know, it, it, it does two things. First of all, we can immediately start now 
you know, looking at the career of Tuka Rask as a, as a finished product, uh, presumably, yeah, he is, well, right. He, you know, is it a hall of fame? Time. Is he, you know, all of this stuff. Uh, and then the other thing is you, you look at what it does to the Bruins because the, the first half of the season, Bruins were a good team. Goaltending was not great, although not as bad as, as maybe you thought, but, uh, you know, we were thinking, well, you know, if Tuka comes back, if Tuka is Tuka Rask, for this team and he comes back Look and plays out. at that yeah. level. I mean, boy, they're there. And now that's not going to happen. And so you're back to, you know, do we trust all Mark? Do we, do, do we do something else? Well, here's um, the thing is after that, after the slow, st- I, I think everybody would say that all Mark and, and Swayman had slow starts, yeah. you know, but like since then, those guys, you know, Allmark since, was like, good. All Mark is nine thirteen, Swayman's nine fourteen, And that's again, with two guys who had slowish starts, uh, we're not going to point out that Rask is an 844 in four games. That We're not going to bring that up. We respect him too much. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, more recently, those guys have been fucking lights out. Yep. Um, so when Rask came back, it was kind of this awkward thing of, like, how do you send down Jeremy Swayman, who was 935 in December? You know, like... I think I think this gives the Bruins maybe a little bit more plausible um, opportunity to just say, look, like these are the two goalies we we thought we were going to start the year with, and the Rask thing was always an experiment. We, mm-hmm. He wasn't sure that he could be good, and we should also say that he Rask got thrown unexpectedly into the into the fire because he was supposed to play for Providence that that. Uh, that weekend, yep. and then COVID got all those games canceled. So they was just like, uh, yeah, Tuka Rask at age thirty six or whatever, he's coming back, and he's coming off a knee injury, and uh, he has to play in the NHL immediately, um, which probably didn't do him any favors. But yeah, um, I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's maybe not the worst thing for the Bruins to not have this goaltending controversy. Yeah. But uh, still, you know, a disappointing news and a rough day for the Bruins yesterday because they you know, also lost to the Penguins. Yep. Patrice Bergeron maybe hurt. And uh, Brad Marchand found out that we all were starting to like him and was like, no, I'm going to. I'm going to. Uh, he's getting an in-person hearing for that one, by the way. So yeah. that's going to be that's going to be like four or five games or five Punched, games minimum, right? Punt, well, I mean, it, it opens the door to five games or more in theory it could still be less i don't know if that's ever happened but he he punched tristan jari and then went back and kind of stuck uh hit him he got him with the stick too so um yeah not uh not great um but uh and uh and then i guess marcus felino is the other one he's got a hearing for appeared to drop a knee on adam lowry at the end of a fight uh, so they're going to look at that. Yeah. So yeah, get get ready to be mad about suspension rulings online, um, and think that they are nowhere near enough. Unless you're a Wilder Bruins fan, in which case you will think they were way too much because you're an impartial uh, person who just has feelings. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. You know, there, there's for the Bruins. There's like no good. It's not. Let's put it this way. I guess 
the odds that they're going to move up into the the top three in that division, like they're a wild card team hmm. at this point, right? Yeah. And there's no way they're dropping out of a wild card spot, even if Pretty Swayman much, yeah. and Allmark, like the the Red Wings are. Uh, let me do the math here real quick. Nine points behind them with three extra games played. Like Boston would have to go into the toilet to even come close to not making the playoffs. Yep. So, so they're going to be a wild card team, and it's in effect. Like, what do they care? Yeah, you know, it, and it's 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 a, it's a weird one because you know, as a Leafs fan, I'm sitting there going, "Oh man, they, if they don't finish first, that means they got to play Tampa or Florida in the first round. What a tough matchup!" Yeah, you finish first, you might play the Bruins. Bruins are going to be a good team, man. Like nobody's yeah. nobody wants to play them in the playoffs. It's... And and even if you play, like even if you're whatever, like Carolina somehow finishes first, and the Bruins are like, oh shit, as the eight seed, we 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 have to play the Hurricanes. That sucks. Also, that's yeah. not good. But there in the East this year, there's no good. I'm I guess maybe you would say if the Rangers somehow pass Carolina, which is not outside the realm of possibility, but. I don't think is super likely. Um, maybe you'd say that's the that's the softest team with a realistic shot at the at the top spot in the in the conference. But would you really want to play a team with with that goaltending yep. in, in a seven game series? Probably not. So um, let's talk about the Olympics. There's no good. There's no good uh, way to transition because. I don't know if you guys heard. There's no, uh, there's no NHL players in the Olympics this year. Oh, did they? Oh, no. I was told yeah. that was a hundred percent, though. <laughs> Not allowed to bring that up for some oh, reason. Sorry. Um, so the the women's have been the women's side has been going for a little while now. The men's like second game ended after we started recording the podcast. So uh, on the men's side, Russia uh, beat Switzerland. Denmark beat uh, the Czech Republic. And that that's that's got us going on the men's side. The women's side, obviously, and and that one is like Denmark getting a win is is big ish news. They you know, didn't over, win. over a, wait. No, yeah, they did. Sorry, they did, did. two right. upset. So I mean, that's the, yeah, the Czech Republic, right, right, right. Yep. Yeah, I was I was looking at Denmark's. Uh, 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 I had flipped to the women's side mm. on the on the uh, on the app here, where and, nobody wins except the USA and Canada. Well, Sweden beat Denmark, so there's that. Well, there you uh, go. But, but Finland put, put the boots to Russia. Uh, hey, how about this? Japan and China actually not playing that badly. That's nice. Yeah, that is good. It's, yeah, I like that. I mean, we did this again this week, right, where there was one article that somebody wrote about how women's uh, hockey should be in. We don't have to fucking We, we don't. Like, one person writing one article doesn't have to consume your whole day. You're allowed to just be like, no, I disagree, and not tweet 37 times about it. Um, but yeah, it's Canada beats the U S but it's in that you know preliminary round game where it's not that it doesn't matter, but it wasn't affecting playoffs or anything. So we get, we get the real thing. Yeah. In and a few also days like, and, I, I think you would say if I watched the bulk of that game, uh, and did, like somehow all the goals got edited out. You would go. You would have said, "Oh, the U.S. won like seventeen to one, right?" Like well, they just especially early on, they were really game. yeah, yeah. Um, and it turns out that uh, the the thing with that game was uh, the U.S. had never heard they were allowed to practice the power play because their power play looked like shit, and they got yep. 
five or six of them and it looked like garbage the yeah, whole time. Yeah, you might want to you might want to practice that one. Tighten that up a little bit for Maybe just for the bit. gold medal game. Um but yeah, the, it that's like the women's side always feels like an anticlimax cuz you're like okay, we're getting the US Canada game um in, in the in the preliminary rounds or whatever. And then we're just all sitting around with our hands in our pockets waiting for the for the gold medal game. Yeah. Right. Now, Which granted, is... we say that as an American and a Canadian, right? Yeah. So, like, I'm sure if you're a Swedish fan, you're like, oh, Sweden's got a pretty good team this year. But realistically, it, it's much like Canada in on the men's side in any year where they actually send the NHL teams where it's like, yeah, I don't – What do I? why would I give a shit about any of this until the gold medal game? Yeah, <laughs> there's, no... there's, there's a bit. Of, and, I mean, look, it's the Olympics. There's bronze medal up for grabs, and it's even – even that, it's it's not just about who wins. It's about the it's about the stories. It's about how you how your team does compared to expectations. It's uh, we all want to see more growth in the women's game so that it's not just two powerhouses and there's there's more legitimate contenders. Um, but in the meantime, it is what it is, and you, you sort of bide your time on the undercard until you get to the main event, which is is quite literally the main event. I mean, this Canada versus US is is not just the biggest hockey game of the Olympics. It's going to be for for North America at least one of if not the biggest events of the Olympics period. So, mm-hmm. um, and it should be great because these two teams, you know, I, I again, I've said it before, lots of people have said it. This is right up there with the great rivalries in sports because not Absolutely. only is it not only is it the very best of the best, but with legitimate stakes and legitimate bad feelings. I mean, these teams don't like each other. Uh, it's going to be great. Like that's, that's going to be a really, uh, uh, a really fun game for, or, or maybe, maybe that's not the right word. Maybe not a fun game. It might be a very miserable game, uh, right till you get to the end. And then half of us will be happy and, uh, half of us will not. Yeah. It, it's, um, like I say, it's tough because you're just like, okay, I guess I got to watch the U. Who, who's who are who's the U.S. and Canada playing? Um, the next few days, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't have that in front of me here all of a sudden. But um, like, okay, I, I get, I guess I'll watch the U.S. beat Finland again. Like, it, it's just a really tough sell for me. Like, yep. as much as you like to see, like. Highly talented player. You know what I was thinking the, about? The U.S. has got the Czechs and Canada's got Sweden. Is uh, a combined fifty-eight nothing for for the U.S. and Canada. It feels like something um, like that. Yeah. And then and then on to the semifinals and then the gold medal uh, a week from week from now. Yeah. You know, but you know what I was thinking about um, watching that game the other night is in even like the past like eight years or so, the women's game has gotten so much faster, huh? Yeah, it, it like that. That U.S. Canada game looked legitimately fast. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. that was uh, it. It like jarringly fast. And yeah, that's you know, that's like, what I mean. Like, you, you're you're used to it being a step or two slower than than men's mm-hmm. games. And this time, I was like, yeah, this is this is like, and it's yeah, and I mean, it's not just a question fast, of like even by any standard. Yeah, it, like and not just in terms of like straight line blue line to blue line speed or anything like that it's it's just the way this the style of the game 
and the, yep. the pace that both teams were cut. Like it was one of those great moments in hockey where we don't see very often, but you see it sometimes where you've got two teams that have speed and skill and the game starts moving in that direction. And the two teams kind of look at each other and go, yeah, all right, you want to do this? We're faster than you. We're, we're better than you. We'll play a speed skill game. And the other yeah. team goes, no, you're not. Uh, we're better than you. So let's go. We'll play and, the speed skill game. You know, yeah, exactly. nobody jumps in. So we got to slow it down. We got to grind it out. We got none of this. It was like, yeah, all right, let's go. We're, we're faster than you. So let's do this. And, uh, it, uh, it, it was a lot of fun. And again, that was, this was just the, the preamble. This, uh, Gold medal yeah, could, th- be, this could match, be something else. Th- right. Like, this was a game to decide who plays the checks and who plays the Swedes in the first round. Like, who yep. cares? But but that's the great thing about this. Like, you can't put these two teams on the ice and be like, this game doesn't really matter. No. Because yeah, they no, look across the ice mistakes. and they're like, yeah, it does. I'm not. Like, it. it's. You really get the feeling that, like, both of these teams, like, viscerally hate losing to each other. Mm-hmm. So, there's. Uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah. Um well, uh, let's let's take a break here. <laughs> I don't know. I I lost my thought that I was yep. going to have. So All right. Now now we'll just do a commercial instead. Did you know 90% of coffee from the grocery store is actually stale? You heard that right. The coffee you know and think you love needs an upgrade. Instead of rebuying the same old same old, let Trade Coffee send you something freshly roasted that you're guaranteed to love. Trade sells freshly roasted and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters. They ship free to you. Uh, Their subscription service is no hassle. You can skip shipments, change your frequency, or cancel at any time. Uh, They send us uh, trade coffee here at uh, my apartment, and my girlfriend likes it so much she bought one of the, uh, what are they they called, like a bean grinder thing, um, so that she can grind the beans herself. And, and, And isn't that nice? Wow. It's better than freaking any of the other coffees out there. So if you are a Puck Soup listener, and if you're listening to this, I presume you are, uh, right now Trade Coffee is offering a total of $20 off your first three bags of coffee when you go to drinktrade.com slash puck. To get started, you just take their quiz at drinktrade.com slash puck and start your journey to your perfect cup. That's drinktrade.com slash puck for $20 off your first three bags. And folks, guess what? I got another ad for you because we uh, we were off last week and we're doubling up on ads. So here's another one. Um, a lot of people didn't even make New Year's resolutions this year. And you know what? I get it. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't still find a way to shake things up, whether it's by switching up your workout routine or going somewhere new. Uh, hey, I just went somewhere new. It's called Los Angeles, California. Um, that's not true. I'd been there before. Anyway, uh, whatever your challenge this year is uh, there's no better way to do it than with a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds in your ears. Uh, Raycon wireless earbuds are the best way to bring your audio with you because no matter how much you shake things up, literally just shake your head all around like a crazy person, uh, that's all fine because they won't fall out of your ears. Their everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. Uh, There's also awareness mode for when you need to listen to your surroundings so you can take Raycons with you wherever you go. And with optimized gel tip ear covers, uh, they fit perfectly in ear. Uh, They're so comfortable and they will not budge. You can trust me. um, Like I said, you can trust me because I have Raycons. I've had Raycons for a couple years now. They're really good. They, you know, uh, I'm I'm not wearing, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not wearing them to do too much high impact stuff. 
but uh, I've never had an issue where they fall out of your ear even like accidentally, like, uh, you know, you don't have a, a cord you can tug on or anything like that. So they're, um, they're really good. A certain man who used to do this podcast said he uses them to work out uh, and they don't go anywhere. So take that one to the bank. Uh, Raycons offer eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life, and they're priced just right. You get the all the audio quality at half the price of other premium audio brands. Uh, it's no wonder Raycon Everyday Earbuds have over 48,000 five-star re- reviews. Uh, so right now, uh, Puck Soup listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash puck. That's buyraycon.com slash puck to save 15% on your next Raycons. Uh, buy them today, buyraycon.com slash puck. Uh, all right. So I have a new game for us to for us to play. Exciting. Uh, I don't. What I said. This is exciting. Oh yeah, no, not really. Oh, okay. Um. So I don't know if you've seen this. NFTs have been in the news a lot lately. Did you know about this? I've heard NFTs? about them. Yeah. Yeah. So they're 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 taking off. Everybody's loving their little bored apes and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and. This is not outside uh, what the NHL is doing. They're hey, we're trying to boost hockey related revenue. We're going to do it any way we can. And uh, hey, selling NFTs that is part of it apparently for a lot of teams. I I what so when I was thinking about this, I went on NHL.com and I just typed NFT into uh, into like the NHL's like search function. And I got four pages of results from, you know, just the last, whatever, 18 months of teams and I think Wayne Gretzky or whoever uh, selling NFTs, which honestly, like, I guess I'm not surprised that it's that high or low, you know, like if you had said, well, every team has 50 NFTs Mm -hmm. already available. I'd have gone, "Mm, makes sense. Get your, get your cash wallet before everybody figures out, uh. This sucks. Because oh, stupid. I've been told NFTs are just another form of gambling, but if Wayne Gretzky's involved, <laughs> clearly, yeah, no, a player with no history of anything related None to gambling. None at all. So. Um, and so I have for you here a list of eight NFTs related to players or teams, and I want you to tell me if this is uh, a real NFT or not a real NFT in a game we're calling. <laughs> NFTHL. I like it. All right. So All if right. it's a real NFT, not if it's a real thing, because then I could just say that none of them were actual That's right, real yeah. things. And I would, All right. Uh, uh, is this a real NFT an NHL team has sold? Okay. Okay. We're going to start off with the NJD 3X Champ coin. And the copy here says, uh, in a powerful reflection of the Devils' three-time Stanley Cup-winning legacy, this NFT will be available as a one-of-one collectible and sold in auction-style format on the Fanapoli platform. Uh, The winning bidder will additionally have the opportunity to watch a 2021-22 season game in the New Jersey Devils' alumni suite with a Devils legend from one of the championship years at the Prudential Center. And the price on this... Is $3,000. Is that a real or a fake? None of what you just said makes any sense. So based on what I know of NFTs, that one is real. That is 100% true. They sold that, I'm assuming, immediately. Have fun sitting next to Sergey Breland 
That's right. Uh, and it cost me just $3,000. Uh, and I think you also get, like, it's a coin uh, that's a digital coin, but you also got, like, they made you a real coin. Oh, good. In addition to all that. There you so, go. so you know, this is the thing I, th- I spent three... Th- anytime you, you look at that, yeah. you go... And th- this is also me remembering when I hung out with Scott Gomez. Yeah, so in a few hours. years when your kid's like, what do you mean I can't go to college? You can be like, <laughs> well... All right. One for one. One for one. Is this a real or a fake NFT? It's the once-in-a-lifetime NFT. And it says here, uh, celebrating his golden goal, this new NFT is a one-of-one offering that provides a digital image of the moment Sidney Crosby sealed gold for Canada on home ice, as well as an autographed Team Canada jersey. And the price on that is $8,787. Yeah. Um, of course it would be. Uh, again, makes no sense. So I'm going to say that's that's real. I made it up. You did, eh? Okay. Uh, Yeah, it's the guy from Star Trek saying it's fake. Okay. (laughs) Never happened. False. All right. Um, This one is called Damon the Martian Streeter, and it says, A top-secret situation. Damon supposedly landed in Chicago after getting intergalactically lost while traversing the universe. Thankfully, this extraterrestrial had a close encounter with hockey and has never looked back. This is an official Chicago Blackhawks NFT, and uh, if I were to describe it to you, it's like pixel art of an alien uh, wearing a Chicago jersey, and it costs $800. What the hell? Uh, that's too stupid to not be real. It's it's Correct. Real. That, is, yeah. that is real. Um, they did a lot of, like, pixel art like trading cards i don't know why a martian comes into this i'm assuming i assumed it was like an existing nft thing that people liked yeah like hey we put a freaking uh board ape in in a patrick kane jersey don't you like that stupid bullshit you know mm-hmm. um so yeah that's 100 percent real uh i i encourage people to google what this is because I don't know how this costs $800. Like, there's a lot of, like, all of these, I'm on, like, how do they how do they justify charging, like, $42,000 for a picture of a fucking monkey or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, it's, like, $800, and it's, like, an alien and a jersey. Okay, all right. Sure. Um, this one, this next one here, is... Harvey's Drum, an official Calgary Flames NFT. And the copy says, It is the hound we all know and love, with his iconic drum booming loudly to encourage the crowd to cheer, chant, and will the team to victory. Harvey's 8-bit world may be pixelated, but the sounds of his drum still call the crowd, and that costs uh, $32.25 Canadian. (laughs) I'm going to say that one is false. That's also real. Um it's like now, if it had been it, it, Harvey's yeah. tongue, like if it was mm. his severed tongue being waved around by Craig McTavish, I yeah. Um, so th- this is part of a series where there's a bunch of like again eight bit pixel art uh, Harvey the Hounds, and he's doing various things like he's clapping and he's raising his arms, and then this one he happens to be banging a drum. Okay. Um, again, you know, pretty reasonably priced at thirty two twenty five. I think. Wow. Like if you want, if you want an animated GIF of Harvey the Hound hitting a drum, uh, thirty-two bucks isn't the worst price I've ever heard. 
Um, but yeah, that that is a that is a real thing. Um, other Harveys cost more, I think, but that that one, the low low price. How how, how can you not afford to buy it? You know. Um, all right, the next one here is the bunch of jerks rare NFTs. And it's highlighting some of the most innovative and infamous celebrations in NHL history. These NFTs offer the chance to own a unique piece of Storm Surge Carolina Hurricanes history. From bowling to basketball, now you get a chance to get in on the action and remember your favorite Hurricanes home wins. And those cost $500 a pop. All right. I I hope that one's real, but I'm going to say it's fake. That's correct. It is fake. Uh, As I you know what now now I don't remember uh, when I looked it up yesterday whether the Hurricanes have sold any NFTs at all. That um, feels like they would, but can I can I buy their wacky social media tweets? <laughs> I got the freaking epic one that says uh, you know that is an offer sheet you can refuse. <laughs> fuck, I don't know. Um. Yeah, that that that's fake. I made that up. I, and as far as I can tell, the, there has not been a uh, a an official Carolina Hurricanes NFT. Okay. Um, the next one is called the Icy Abyss NFT, and it's uh, it says the Kraken are creating history, and you can be part of it. This is a one of a kind tribute to their inaugural season. Uh, memorialized in never-before-seen 3D graphics of Kraken lore. This is a one-of-one minted NFT, an animated tribute to the awakening of the Kraken. The purchaser of this NFT will also receive a Kraken VIP experience that includes four box seats at the Moet and Shandon Imperial Lounge to a Kraken game within the 2021-22 NHL regular season, food and beverage included, uh, one parking pass for a space at Climate Pledge Arena, underground garage during the game, uh, watch pregame warm-ups from the penalty box, plus you get an autographed Kraken jersey and four additional Kraken jerseys, and this costs $20,000. Is this real? <laughs> um, I, I got to say that's real just because that went on forever. If you wrote all of that, I'm going to be impressed. It's yeah, it's real. It costs twenty thousand okay. dollars, and the GIF is like the 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 image, the three D graphics is like just fucking tentacles in the wall. I don't know. It sucked. It was so stupid, um, and it cost twenty thousand dollars. It's the it's the Ron Francis NFT. You will not get anything of value, but you will have lots of cap space that you can talk about using in the future. So you're paying twenty thousand dollars. To bring you and three friends to a game, you have to carpool because you only get one parking pass. Yeah. Uh, you do get to watch warm-ups from the penalty box. Um, you know, a guy with might, like, wave at you or something, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and then you get an autographed jersey and four no, uh, presumably non-autographed jerseys. Cool. Uh, twenty Only 20 grand for Does that. Does it have to be um, autographed by someone on the Kraken, or can I get, like, a good player? <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it it is it is autographed um by, by one of the goalies who just gave up four goals on 17 shots. So that's the only that's the only autograph you get. Um the next one is Gritty Reclined and this is uh Flyers Charities just launched this first ever NFT giving fans the chance to win an original portrait of Gritty painted in game by local artist 
Benjamin Davis on February 3rd, 2021, when the Flyers hosted the Boston Bruins. This one-of-a-kind art piece, entitled Gritty Reclined, features the mascot lounging on his couch in Wells Fargo Center, all natural. Uh, fans interested in winning this exclusive NFT can bid at flyerscharity.com. All proceeds benefit Flyers Charities. Did, did you say, like, he's nude? Is that the... Uh, yeah, you don't okay. remember this? There this was a is, game where... This is was... now... No, this is too stupid to be an NFT. This has to be fake. It It, it is and it isn't. This one was a trick. This is real insofar as this is a real painting, but they did not make an NFT of it. Um, wow, they, okay. They, they raffled off the painting. They didn't auction it off oh. as an NFT. Um, um, the, I'm not sure I believe you, but I do not want to Google gritty naked... Uh, yeah, it's just like he he's do I think he you know he probably tweeted out like paint me like one of your french girls or uh, the fuck yeah, and, good timely reference. Yeah, that's right. Um but yeah, so like this really happened. This is all true except it's not an NFT. That's okay. that's the that's the twist on this one. And finally, we have Alex Ovechkin laced up and that's all in capital letters and it's Ovi's skates feature his signature yellow laces and a tribute to his brothers Sergey and Misha and this costs $5,839. Yeah, I'll say that one's real. That is of course real. Yeah, why wouldn't it be? Um the skates, I don't think you get like a pair of skates or anything. They're just like a 3D. It looks like it's from like NHL 2K or 2021 or whatever the fuck. Um, that's what the quality of the graphics we're talking about is. And this is a real NFT. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you did pretty well. I did not keep score. No. So I feel like I got like more right than wrong. Yeah. That, that, that so feels I'll, about right. I'll take that. Okay. Yeah. There you go. I'm an uh, NFT expert. I'm yeah, now going to start tweeting it. about it all the time, uh, <laughs> in a way that makes everyone who follows me uncomfortable. <laughs> Uh, here's here's the one last thing we got to talk about. You said to me, "Do we want to talk about the Oscars?" Yeah, Sean, do well, you have Oscars takes? No, no. It was more, "Do you want to talk about the Oscars?" Uh, the the nominations came out yesterday. Uh, do you have strong feeling? I'm just going to look at the again at the at the nomination list because I'm not sure that I saw any of them other than Power of the Dog that we had the most nominated film. Which yeah, uh, which look at me. Oh no, I did. I saw. I saw. Don't look up as well. Yeah, and that was. uh, I thought it was good. I liked it. it, uh, Let's let's put it this way: an unsubtle film. Let's say. Yep, I think that's fair. Um, Good. There were some good performances in it. I thought it was a bit much. It it did not make my top twenty films of the year. I'll I'll say. I'll say. I'll certainly say that. Um, So it was. for all the nominations it got, it, it didn't get a Best Picture nomination, which was a little su- surprising. Don't Look Up? I think uh, it did. Oh, no, it did get a it Best did. Picture. That's right, yeah. But I didn't uh, see, I don't think it got a lot of acting nominations. No, I don't think it got any acting. Yeah, okay, so got, there you go, yeah. I think it got original screenplay and maybe, it got editing because it was uh, over-edited, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> they, they really edited the shit out anything, of it. Anything that, like, if you cut someone off mid-sentence or whatever, you get... Yeah, an editing nomination. Yeah, that's right. Um, famously, there's that there's that video from um, the horrible, horrible film uh, Bohemian Rhapsody that that's right. Um, yeah, featured eighteen thousand cuts in about 
two minutes of footage. Mm-hmm. Um, that that and that film was nominated for best picture as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I, I will say you you I think you said you were surprised that Power of the Dog was my favorite film of the year. Yes, I liked um, it. I enjoyed I it. I'm glad it. I that watched put, it. But that shit put me on the floor, man. I couldn't believe how good that was. Um, but I did see a lot of people yesterday going, I don't get it at all. And it's, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's a, to me, it was a wonderfully well-made, looks great, great acting. There's just not a lot happening. Like the, you, you could, the, the synopsis for this movie could be like one paragraph. And, uh, so I, I get why people were kind of like, yeah, underwhelmed. I, I think. I haven't gone back and watched it, but the thing that happens at the end um, really made me think about everything that led up to it very hard again, okay. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 twist ending or what? Sorry, there's a twist ending in this movie. It's but not even the, a big twist. It's just an interesting thing happens. More. Yeah. Like yeah. The, mm-hmm. um, that made me go, oh, okay, the entire, like, hour, like, 90 minutes before this now makes a hell of a lot more sense to me. Right. Okay, great. Um, I'll just run down Best Picture winners, Belfast. Anybody who saw that movie would be like, what a joy that movie was. It was so nice, you know? Um Coda, a child of deaf adults. I did not see this one. This is on, I think that's on Apple Plus. I'll have to check it out. Um, but... I don't know. It, it it looked like kind of like an Apple Plus kind of a movie to me, you know? Okay. Just like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's like a, a, a B minus C plus, but hey, got nominated for Best Picture. Don't look up Netflix. You can see it on Netflix. Drive My Car. What a great fucking movie that was. That was unbelievable. I, I loved it. Um, I would recommend anybody seek it out, but I think you're going to have to wait a while because it's a, a Japanese film that is getting an extremely limited release right now. Uh, I'm sure it'll hit a streaming service around the time of the Oscars. Dune, great fucking movie. What's what's not to like about Dune? Um, King Richard, perfectly fine. Whatever, like just okay. I I I. It's on HBO Max right now. You can watch it. I I would beg somebody to explain to me how this is one of the ten best movies of the year. Okay. Uh, not nothing wrong with it. Like a, a more of. One of those classic, uh, what do you call it? Like, hey, isn't this performance really good? The, mm-hmm. That's why this movie exists is to is to have this performance at the middle of it, and it's a good performance. Like a the Will Smith win, you're talking. Will Smith, about, right? yeah. yeah, he won't win, he won't win the Oscar for, or anything for for best actor. He is nominated, and, but that is definitely a uh, pleasure, a, 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 an honor to be nominated. Kind of a movie, Licorice Pizza. Hey, if you like Paul Thomas Anderson and you like the more chiller, uh, Paul Tom- like the less intense Paul Thomas Anderson movies, you're going to vibe with this one. This one is very fun. It was in my top three or four or five of the year. Really, really good. Um, Nightmare Alley. Uh, baffling that this got, again, perfectly good movie, but um, widely thought of as inferior to the original from the 40s. And uh, I, I guess the Academy just loves Guillermo del Toro. Um, I liked it, but it it was it, and it was, but it felt like it was a movie that I only liked because it was kind of up my alley, um, generally speaking. So nightmare alley, I guess. But 
yeah, Power of the Dog, great film, fucking can't recommend it highly enough. And West Side Story rounds out your your uh, your best picture nominees. Um, really great. I loved it. Yep. I, I was shocked to see uh, Rachel Zegler, who plays Maria, not get uh, nominated for, for Best Actress. And that one also, did Spielberg got uh, Best Director on that, right? Spielberg got Best Director. He should have gotten Best Director. Uh, unlike Nightmare Alley, I think this is a, a dramatic improvement on the original, a movie I like just fine um, and has achieved kind of a mythic status because the songs and everything are so undeniable, but I think mm. the original has some very serious problems that, uh, you know, mainly the uh, leads in the movie are not very good in, in the original. Um, this one, one of the leads is fantastic, and one of them is pretty good. Fine, whatever. Pretty cool. Um, I'm trying to think, is there anything that really jumped out at me? No uh, uh, no Green Knight anywhere. Were you yeah, expecting that, was that really at all? Surprising. Or you, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I, I'm shocked. I... I I thought that would at least get some, like, uh, technical nominations, if not for, like, adapted screenplay. I thought it, it could have been a shoe-in because it took a kind of bear story and made it very interesting, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, being the Ricardos getting nominated for every acting award apart from uh, supporting actress because there really kind of isn't one in that movie from what I – I haven't seen it. I don't want to see it. Um it looks like it sucks. And also, like, I, you know, I, I think everybody's big take on that movie is, uh, boy, I, the, these these people who are, like, 40, like 20 years older than the Ricardos they are portraying, mm-hmm. um, they don't in any way remind me of the Ricardos yeah. that I have countless hours of uh, footage that I can draw from. Um. Yeah. So yeah. No, that's I I that one I honestly until the nominations came out, I didn't realize that being the Ricardos was like a serious good movie. Like I thought it was kinda like Well, so if you if you go by like uh anybody who did watch it and reviewed it and took it like seriously, it they didn't think it was a, a good okay. serious movie either. So What about the uh the um, oh what was it? The the Fashion guy who got killed, uh, and Lady Gaga oh, was of, in this one. Yeah, of, House of Gucci. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, I was shocked to see sh- that she wasn't nominated for actress. I the movie was like only okay. Okay, um, it was like a C plus B minus kind of a movie, which like, look, you know, I, I like Adam Driver a lot. Obviously, I'm a huge Ridley Scott fan. Um, Lady Gaga is a fantastic actress, but which is shocking for me to say. Um, and, and like Nicole Kidman beating her out for, um, for, for a nomination is also shocking. The only, the only one, um, I haven't seen from, uh, actress in a leading role is Penelope Cruz in Parallel Mothers. I'm hoping to see that this week, uh, Aldomavar's new one. Um, but yeah, I, I you know I, I was surprised that she didn't get no, that Gaga didn't get nominated, but everybody else I was just like yeah you know uh, that's fine. The movie was I think mostly forgettable. Um, the last duel getting completely shut out I was I was surprised by as well. Yeah, you liked that um, one, right? Yeah, that, I really liked that one. I thought that had at least 
uh, depending on how you wanted to list Jodie Comer in that movie, like at least a supporting actress nomination. Um, but I think Olivia Coleman in The Lost Daughter, if you haven't seen The Lost Daughter, that is also on Netflix. Maggie Gyllenhaal uh, wrote the screenplay, directed it. It's not in the movie. Um, it's Olivia Coleman. It's Jesse Buckley. It's uh, Dakota Johnson. Boy, that movie fucking rocks. I loved it. Um, check that one out on Netflix if you can, or, you know, if you want to, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of surprised the tragedy of Macbeth didn't get more than it did. I thought that was fantastic. Um, but for Denzel, something Oscar this way comes, many are saying. Um, there you go. I, I, th- I thought when I left that movie theater, I was like, he's probably going to win best actor for this so to see him nominated not surprising very cool um yeah i i think that is also on apple plus you can watch that right now um the tragedy tragedy of Macbeth. yeah so, it, just on movies you know what i watched a couple weeks ago uh i no. I, I want your two cents on it terminator um, 2 is it <laughs> i finally got around to it uh it was good lived up to the hype uh, have you seen, uh, have you watched on Netflix, uh, The Harder They Fall? Uh, I have not watched that, no. I thought that was fantastic. I thought that was, and which yeah, like may or look- may not, given my taste in movies, be an endorsement. But I, I have a very, very hard time picturing anybody who was interested in seeing that movie not really enjoying it. Yeah, I, it's one of those movies that I said I would get around to and then kind yeah. of never did. Um, I thought it was I, really good. Just like modern Western take, um, you know, it's it, it very violent, modern music cues, all that sort of thing. Like if I, I get that there'd be people who go, oh, that doesn't sound like something I would like at all. But if you're like, oh, that could be good. Uh, I thought it was like I, I, I ended up watching it in chunks, like because I, I didn't mm-hmm. I was on the, the road. The I ideal didn't, way to watch a movie. Yeah, sure. I was watching it like literally like half an hour a night for four or five nights. And I like I would get excited when I remembered like, oh, I got more of this movie to watch because it's just that's tight. it's yeah. so much stuff has going on. There's so many characters. They're all so interesting. It's just really uh, I I really recommend it. But uh, oh, yeah, here's know, why I didn't that. see it is it came out like in October. I kind of had a yeah. lot going on in October, yeah. hockey season, etc. Uh, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the the cast is really good. I love a Western, so it, it does seem like it's really up my alley. I just haven't sat down and, and watched it. Um, I I should, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, but here, I, I will say... Um, the, the remake of the, the, uh, the Magnificent Seven that came out a few years ago, mm-hmm. uh, kind of put me off a little bit on like, oh, here's a modern spin on a Western. Cause that movie yeah. sucked. It was really bad. But, uh, if it gets the, the Sean McIndoe bump here. Um, well, I mean, again, it's, uh, everybody take that with a great, well, again, put it this way. I love if you, Westerns. if you watch, if you take Ryan's advice and my advice and you watch power of the dog and you come out of it going, that was great, but not a lot happened. And you want a little palate cleanser. The stuff happens in this movie. This, this movie is not, it does not slow down for two hours. So, uh, yeah, right. I would recommend yeah. it. Yeah. Hey, look, we like, you know, that's kind of the thing with the original Magnificent Seven is uh, it starts maybe the first half hour. There's not a lot happening. And then it's like, 
oh, strap in. The rest, the whole rest of this movie is a roller coaster. So <laughs> that's great. Um, yeah, uh, that's it. We're done. I don't have anything else to say. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, plug About anything or. Uh, yeah, obviously we're gonna we're gonna do the plugs, and the plugs is uh, the same as every week. EPRinkside.com. If you want to sign up for an annual subscription, use the code I love EP. They'll tack three extra months on at the end for you for free. Uh, and of course, the Puck Soup Patreon. Um, we're gonna be doing our bonus episode uh, beginning of next week. Let's say I think I think we we penciled it in for Monday. Um, but we don't know what the idea what the idea is yet. So if you have any suggestions, well, you know what? Don't give us any suggestions. We'll come up with something good. <laughs> we'll 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 Hopefully. try, um, or we'll blame you if we don't. Uh, yeah, yeah find me on the athletic. <laughs> yep, uh, the usual stuff uh, on there, uh, and uh, listen to me with Ian Mendez on Thursday on the Athletic Hockey Show. Oh, uh, and uh, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, Sean did the mailbag with his. He's 11, right? I, yep. Am I remembering this right? He now? is 11. Sean yeah. did, did the did the mailbag with his 11-year-old son who uh talks exactly like him. It's very it's very fun. That's what people it, said. Yeah, I didn't yeah. Uh, I didn't uh, realize uh, that. But. In the delivery, obviously yeah. you you have a slightly deeper voice. Um a little bit. And uh you know, you 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 weren't as I would say enthusiastic talking about like Minecraft or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um but the delivery and how you answer questions posed by one another, I was like, yeah, these guys are father and son who live together in the same house and everything. They, Very they nice. just talk the same. So it's fun. It was a fun one. Worth checking out. Uh, yeah. That's it. We're done. Right on. Okay. Go Thanks, everyone. Bag. Uh, again, I'm not 11. I'm a grown man. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to do a mailbag right now. Goodbye. Bye. Sticks and hits and goals and saves and slap shots and goons. We've got the commentary to what a few commute. But we also cover movies, TV shows, hits and tunes. It's your weekly bowl of hockey and nonsense. Box soup.